Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots, episode 63, the podcast for marketing managers who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really good. Another scorcher in Sydney, I've got to say. It's cooking, isn't it? It's really hot. And sorry to start every episode with a weather update. You know, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like the small talk start of a, an episode. But yeah, it's been an absolute scorcher. So we're really enjoying being in a nice, cool office and uh, yeah, recording. So I hope your week's going well, listeners. Yes. So I've been on a bit of a road trip this week. You have, down to Melbourne. To Victoria. Yes, Melbourne. I must say Melbourne was very nice, although I thought I'd gone back to winter. Not really. But, uh, hey, so that's Melbourne for you. So hi, hi Charles. <laughs> oh, yeah, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Craig, on to our inbound thought of the week. And, look, I've been looking forward to mentioning this on the show because it's now available yes. on content.inbound.org. Oh, .com, sorry. And we're talking about George B. Thomas's session where he actually talked about how to be world-class at HubSpot in 60 days, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Now, a few tips for watching this. So you go to content.inbound.com and you find it. We've got a link in the show notes. So you watch it there, but you don't listen to it there because the sound is terrible. And it's such a shame. I don't know what they did there. They've stuffed up with the sound. But in order to get the better sound, you go over to the Sales Lines YouTube channel and you find George's talk there where they've kind of done a version. There's a little bit of editing tweaks, but much better sound. So you can listen to George and then uh, on the the Sales Line YouTube channel, but watch these slides on the content.inbound.com. So there you go. All right. I'm going to talk about some of the takeaways, Mm. Craig. Firstly... George said, do all your certifications. So I think this is key as HubSpot grows and changes and evolves, being certified and doing all of that and passing them because there are practicums to a lot of certifications now, I think is really important in the process of doing or completing those. And I would encourage everybody to do that because it'll give you an understanding of the breadth and the depth of the tools and the processes, systems, and everything that we need to know as marketers to get our jobs done. You know what, I'm actually going to just, I totally agree, and I just want to say to any listeners that actually haven't done any certifications yet, do them because these are not Mickey Mouse certifications. I think sometimes you can do certifications and then you don't learn that much. I actually reckon I've learned more in certifications than I have in some of the pre-inbound training I've done. So they're highly recommended. Yes, and I would encourage you to go to academy.hubspot.com to do that. Next thing, which is really important, was he said, stay organised in the tool. So this is about organizing all of your work correctly. So from the way you file things, the way you name things, how you organize yourself becomes really important because as you grow and as you do more stuff, if stuff is in root directories, it's wherever you feel like sticking it on that day, it makes it really hard to find what you're looking for. And time is money. I think that's really the key there. I think that's right. Naming conventions, get them right at the start. There's such a, yes. such a time saver. Massive. And he said the tools we use within HubSpot really matter. So things like projects, social media, workflows. He said you should be using smart content and encourage people to actually do that. So that's really the key. Another thing he said, and I think you can do this even after work, before you go to bed or whatever it is, is read all HubSpot blogs. So there's HubSpot blogs for sales, for marketing, for customers, And if you're an agency, there's an agency blog and you really should be perusing all of those blogs because I think it'll be really important because you'll learn a lot and you'll understand what is happening 
as HubSpot talks to the different segments of the market. Some of the content's so good, and you know how often, uh, and this, of course, is content marketing, uh, people actually end up signing up for HubSpot. It's because they've been uh, exposed to the uh, blog content over the years. It, That's right. It's actually really good. And the final thing I want to highlight is that he talked about in your content, here are some types to create. So he talked about creating content that talks about the best of something. So, for example, in my example I'm going to give you, is what are the best seven-seater family SUVs on the market? He then talking about versus. So let's look at a Mazda CX-9 versus a Kia Sorento, for example. And finally, he said talk about problems because people are always looking for that. So what are the problems with a Toyota Kluger, for example? And people, that's how you will attract people to read your content. Excellent. Uh, he's such a passionate speaker as well, isn't he? He is. Joy to listen to. Well done, George. Yes, well done. All right, Craig, onto our HubSpot feature tip of the week. And this is one I stumbled upon. You did, and you pointed this out to me. I was like, what? No, that's not there. We checked notifications for new features. No, it's not, not there. there. And then when we checked the online help, it's like it's been there for a month or two. And Correct. so this is actually being able to A-B test CTAs. Yes, so this is available for professional enterprise. So you can actually test call-to-action variations and you can group them so you can... I've just tested one variation. I'm not sure how many variations you can test, but I'm sure it's all there and you should actually go around and play with it and we'll report back on some results because I've actually created a few now. I'm definitely going to test that during the week. I was ex- now, we were saying that this wasn't in pro before. This was an enterprise thing. Yeah, we're sure it was. That's, I'm pretty I'm, sure it was. I have not seen this before, so that's great. Anyway, have a play with that and I think it's really interesting. Now, Craig, what are you hoping for? Okay, so the thing about this, testing the variations and CTAs in general, we're going to talk about lead flows a bit later, uh, but I would love for these CTAs to be able to be used in lead flows. And so, you know, at the moment you can embed embed a CTA in a page. I like when we create a lead flow instead of a form just to say, oh, I'll just use a CTA. And then if we had these A-B testing CTAs in there, I could just test different things as well. Because the thing with lead flows is you can't really say, oh, point off to another page. You can't direct them somewhere else. Uh, you can only collect a form, whereas if CTAs are embedded in lead flows, that opens up a world of possibilities. So that's that's what I'd love to see. Yeah. Okay. That's good. We'll put that as a suggestion. All right. On to our challenge of the week, Craig. And I just thought about this since I've been away. So actually taking time away from your role, if, if you're running the business or you're the marketing manager or you're the head of sales, and taking time to reflect on what you achieved this year and put a plan for next year. So I know we talked about some of our goals for next year together. And I think it's good to have those goals and good to refocus yourselves. And so I'm going to give you some pointers. I thought a good place to start is to go back and write down all the wins you've had this year and maybe start with your marketing calendar because you can see what campaigns you've run. You can actually go back and see some of the results or some of the wins you've had. And I think that's a great place to start. I think next is to actually think about it and be grateful for it because you've actually achieved something this year. And if you haven't achieved something, start today and write down something and get it going. And I then would say put a plan together, have a goal, and then put a plan together for next year. So you can search online. There's a whole bunch of things, how to do this, different you know, one-page plans, etc. But do something and actually break it down. We were both using the Passion Planner at the start of this year. Yes, And I've actually continued using it and, you know, like every month just reflecting and breaking it down and highlighting what's actually worked. And I think that's been really useful for me to actually see 
have I achieved something or did I not achieve anything? But even be grateful for the things I have achieved. And I think that's really important in this time of year as we all wind down and as we head into a new year. I love it. Gratitude's always a great thing. And I really like your point about celebrating your wins. My wife's great at this. And when you know when we got to episode 50 of Hub Shots? Yes. We went out and celebrated and had was that it definitely wasn't my idea. I think it might have been my wife's idea. <laughs> oh, you should celebrate. That's great. You know, it's achievement, you know. Focus on things. So I think that's always good. It is always uh, a good time of year as well as things are slowing down to actually, yeah, take time out and reflect. Nice one. No, I have put a post about uh, Seth Godin's a great post. It's not a long post, but I'll talk about it at the end in our quote of the week because it almost falls into a quote of the week. Yeah, nice. Also, on to our HubSpot follow-up item of the week, Craig. Don't you love how we name these shots? I love Shot it. Shot four. <laughs> okay, so the last two or possibly three episodes I've talked about lead flows just kind of teasing a bit more out of as we've been testing them. I'm actually a really big fan of lead flows now. And so I just wanted to do a bit of a follow-up and talk about just some quick kind of guidelines for how I think uh, you should approach them using them if you're not already. I guess what I've been saying all along is really targeting the lead flow. So it's not just about having a slide in that shows the same message on every blog post, for example, or sign up for our newsletter. No one does that, right? But what we do now is we're trying to target one lead flow per page or per post or sometimes per post kind of topic if it's a if there's a couple of posts on a particular topic so my kind of tips here's the kind of tips that i would say for using lead flows target them very specifically ideally one lead flow per page it's that targeted and what i do is also what i'm finding the call to action in the lead flow, I try to match it with content that is around 50% or halfway down the page. So if you're reading a blog post and it's taking you through a story on a particular item, I then have the lead flows as slide-ins at 50% scroll. And I actually then tailor the message to relate to that content. So I figure if people are getting that far down the page, they've got some interest. And I think it's human behavior that then you kind of maybe fatigue sometimes and you don't want to finish or you skim through. And so then when it slides in there and it's got something that's related to that, we're getting more success with that. And, Craig, what's Mm. a good uh, conversion rate as a starting point? Okay, so I think you should be aiming for 2%. Okay. Okay, some of ours are doing lots more. Like we're getting lucky with some of ours and, you know, we're getting 30% on some, but that's uh, that's not the norm. I think if you're not able to get 1%, it, it's an indication that the the messaging's not right. Two yeah. percent's good, but really three to five is where I'm starting to see you know a bit more consistency. And then I guess the final thing to say just about the lead flows is the naming convention. It's funny because uh, you were just referring to this in George B. Thomas's session about getting that right, because what we originally did was I was kind of naming them based on the offer. Now what I'm doing is actually naming them as a combination of the page topic plus the offer name. And that's because there's no A-B testing with lead flows. You can't do that. So when we're actually testing different versions, we'll then have, oh, page topic plus offer description, and then we might have another one, page topic, but different offer so description. Good- so we can then turn them on and off. Just saves kind of going into them. Yeah, and that's a good idea considering the strategy you're taking to actually do that. So, you know, it's, I think these are great learnings and everybody, including myself, can learn from this and, you know, implement it a lot better than just having a stab in the dark. Yeah, lead flows, they're the quickest win, really, that I've come across in a long yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so jump on it, yeah. Absolutely, jump on it. 
Okay, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. This is an article from inbound.org. Yeah, so we've got a few here. Which I just quickly wanted to sneak this one in. It's on inbound.org and it's talking about um, who, who's stuffing up marketing more? Is it Gary Vaynerchuk or is it marketing professors? <laughs> and back in, a, oh, I forget when we talked about it, it might have been 20 episodes ago, there was this marketing professor who, who panned. Um, I think he was having a go at marketing people that have no qualifications. Here's another one in that similar vein. I think it's the same writer talking about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk was giving some advice that it's useless going to uni to learn marketing. And he's a marketing professor and he's kind of going, oh, I don't know if that's actually right. Anyway, worth reading for not only the article but the comments as well. And as we said last time, great use of criticising someone else to get attention for yourself and cut through and it's kind of like there's marketing 101 in play. (laughs) Anyway, that wasn't our main actual opinion of the week but it's always a fun little one to link off to in the show notes. But, yeah, we're looking at a new report, research report from HubSpot about artificial intelligence. And I think this is uh, really useful because as we saw at Inbound, Damesh is talking about bots and growth bot, as you know, is his little baby. And I've even said in the past, look, I don't really get bots. But bots are just one part of, they're just a subset of this whole artificial intelligence superset, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so what HubSpot's done is they've put out this research report looking at artificial intelligence and breaking down all the different areas. I found it really useful, kind of explaining what's going on in the industry, what the benefits are going to be. And we've included just an image from that report that kind of compares the different types of artificial intelligence in terms of sophistication and usability. Bots are just way down, you know. Correct. So, I mean, what's interesting about this is that chatbots are very high in the mass adoption and application, but very narrow in terms of basic tasks, etc. What I actually thought was really interesting is the Tesla autopilot was pretty much at the deep end and also fairly kind of in between mass adoption and application, which is really interesting because I think, you know, it's a technology that's working in cars that people are driving around right now. And, you know, it obviously has machine learning and awareness, what they call situational awareness. And I think that's really interesting as we go forward into this new landscape of artificial intelligence. Yeah, so there you go. Super useful report. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, have a look and just be aware. If you you know nothing about this topic, be informed and learn. Okay, Craig, on to our pro tip of the week. Oh, great tip. Uh, And this is actually a blog post. It's a year old or more, actually. It's from last year. It's still a cracker. But super useful. And it's a list of uh, placements on the Google Ad Network to exclude. Correct. Okay, so if you're doing Google AdWords and you're doing some display advertising, as many people do, especially with remarketing, that's often, even if you're not doing normal display, you're almost always doing remarketing. Um, What Sierra Interactive did is they grouped up with some other agencies and they all compared their results from across their display advertising and they came up with a list of uh, placements, i.e. sites that their ads were appearing that weren't converting. And they've got this list of 400 sites. All you do is you grab this list and you put it straight into your exclusion (coughs) placements thing. If you know AdWords but you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, that's okay. Get your AdWords manager. They'll understand this instantly. And if they don't... 
then you need to find another. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's right. If you're not excluding some sites and placements and things from your display network, then you've got other problems. Uh, and I don't actually, that probably sounds a little bit arrogant and maybe marketing managers might not be aware of that. But yeah, your ad manager, AdWords manager should be having that under control. So you can ask them about that. But if you do do the AdWords yourself, then this is a list just to plonk straight in. Fantastic resource. Yep. It's not even a sign-up. You just download it. Okay. It's a nice, simple list to use. So, yeah, great tip. And also the next one is about 10 tips on how to write a better pay-per-click ad. So yeah, good reminder on um, uh, some tips to use for your ads. Yeah, so have a look at that. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. And this is from Ad Stage, and this is how B2B marketers should use LinkedIn-sponsored in-mail. And I thought this is really good because it actually it's a good resource for account-based marketing. So I think what it really showcases is that here's another channel, and in the near future, um, LinkedIn Navigator is going to be actually hooked into HubSpot. <laughs> and this is a part of the whole process. It's about understanding about how you can utilize this platform where you know the names of people and you can find them and actually stay in the conversation with them. So there's a really great in-depth article and there's part one and part two and we've included both of those there. So you can actually read it, understand it and think about how you can implement it in your business. Yeah, and so when I thought this was a good link that you um, found and when I was looking through it, so basically it seems to be a selection of ways that you use LinkedIn uh, in mail with different goals. And I thought this was useful because I guess your natural tendency would say, I'm going to use in-mail to, to get a lead, you know, to drive okay. a lead. But it had all the different goals, you know, it might be just uh, awareness or it might be it might be driving to, to an asset. But then it had some others which were also just about customer engagement and kind of evangelist um, delight and all those kind of things. And it just had kind of little pro forma templates for how you should approach each. So really useful. Yeah, yeah and I really loved, like when you click on the link and you have a look at it, is there's a really great graphic of what they call a flipped funnel. So at the top was really identifying who that who that person is that you want to talk to, then expanding that search, then in, engaging them on different platforms. So it could be Twitter, the YouTube, it could be other platforms, and then getting them to be an advocate for you. And I thought that was really valuable um just looking at it from that perspective and nothing else uh, and it really goes down into understanding what each of those parts are in terms of identifying expanding engaging and advocating and, and it talks about marketing qualified lists and so on so definitely encourage you to go through that and we've also added a bonus craig bonus resource and this is good from the perspective of this talks about predictions of 2017 for local SEO. And I think this is really key. Just understand it's a great article to read. I Thank you, Craig, for that article. Because I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good. Like he kind of gives a little history of what he thought was going to happen in previous years and he's written it down. And now he's kind of predicting what's going to happen in 2017. So read it, understand it, just look back, see what you can actually do. And you could add this to your planning about things you want to do for 2017. All right, onto our Chrome extension of the week, Craig. All right, and you've mentioned one password. Uh, yes. I think I use LastPass. Uh, have you used LastPass as well? Yes, I have. And how does one password compare? So I've actually used one password for quite a number of years right. on my Mac initially. Yeah. And r- probably in the last couple of years, it's got a Chrome extension. And if there's an app on your iPhone, and I'm not sure about Android, but 
One of the things that they've actually introduced recently is one password for Teams, and it's designed to obviously be very similar to LastPass, and you're able to secure that for your team or business and have full control. And they also have a version for families as well. So nice. These families are doing stuff. Um, it's a great way to share passwords with your family. Yeah. So to test it, it's, some, it's something that originated from the Mac, and I've used it for a long time, so actually I really like it. Nice. So I store everything in there. Uh, good one. All right, on to our mobile app of the week. And I, th- I was thinking about talking about all things local is Google My Business. So this is the business listing for the business you might look after, your own business. You can actually manage it from an app that's available on your phone. And what's really good is that you've got it all in the one place. You can easily access it. You can access other accounts that you look after that you've been given permission and you can make updates or change things, add photos, etc. So I'm just going to highlight that to you, that that app's available. And we'll put the link to the Android store and into the Apple App Store. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip and also indicative of, you know, we've obviously talked about mobile first and everything's on mobile now. And it's pretty much, you should just think anything you do on your normal browser, on your desktop, I wonder if there's an app for that. Yeah, there, there is. And they're actually getting really good. So this one's getting really good now. And uh, a couple of years ago when I was looking at Google Analytics on yes. my phone, the app was pretty bad, really limited, poor. So I never really went back. And now's the time. Ago. Actually, the Analytics app is really good now. Everything on mobile is getting really good. That's right. So, so I definitely encourage you to have a look at that. All right, Craig, on to our podcast of the week. I think this is a really good idea because we're going to talk about marketing school, but you're actually saying a specific episode, which is much easier to kind of say, yeah, I'll check that out if it interests me than just listen to the podcast, which we both love. Every episode I listen to, it's so good. Now I'm going to highlight episode 133 and it's where Neil and Eric talk about seven things to assess when your content marketing is failing. And I know this would be probably a common question at the end of the year is that what has worked and what hasn't worked. And they're really, in this quick 10-minute episode, they actually go and tell you the seven things you can use to assess. And I think that's really fantastic. So I'd encourage everyone to listen to episode 133. There's a link in the notes or just search for it on your podcast app and actually listen to it and think about, hey, how can I go and actually review what content I have put out there this year? And why has some stuff not worked and why has other things worked? And we've done this a few times with clients and I've gone, oh, this really didn't work. Like when only had 10 people look at a piece of content in the entire month, what went wrong? And I think it's really key because if, you, if we want to learn, grow and get better at this, we've got to actually understand what's not working. I think that's such a good point. And it's one of those points that sounds obvious in hindsight, right? But next time you're in one of those brainstorming sessions, you know, oh, what can we write about? What blog posts can we talk about in the coming months? We're planning them out. You got any ideas, Bob? What about you, Mary? You got any ideas? No, no. <laughs> Let's actually look at what worked. It sounds obvious, sure, as I say it, but no. How many people actually do go back and review? These are the ones that worked. Why were they popular? And then why did they work? Why did they convert, for example? Why were... Um, conversions and CTAs working on those that weren't on others. I think that's, yeah, fantastic way to, to approach your content creation. All right, Craig, finally on to our quote of the week. And this is the continuation from that blog post I talked about that Seth wrote, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read it out to you. And it talks about two kinds of winning. It says, some can only win when others lose. Others seek to win by helping others succeed. One of these approach, approaches scales far better than the other. That's it. Fantastic. So 
there's something to think about. And I think we need to be always helping others succeed. And if we do that well, the rest is will look after itself. On that winning note, Craig, we have reached the end of the episode. And we would love to have your comments and feedback. If you'd like to join the WhatsApp group, go on to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp and we can add you to the group. There is also a Facebook group where we can you can join and you can have we can join the conversation. And if you've got any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear it because we're always looking to add value to your HubSpot experience. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.